you. Yeah, God is good. Let's pray for the people in Florida. Dear Lord, those scenes, wow. One lady said, that's where my house was, and that's where it is now. Uh, so, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are preserving life, and angels are attending to every single soul that uh, needs help, Lord God. You supply our needs, Lord, according to your riches in glory. So, Lord, this morning our heart goes out to those people in Florida, uh, category four or five? Four. I've, I've actually been through a category five hurricane in a boat, 1958, coming out from Wales, England, and um, didn't remember it. I was three months old, but still. Uh, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you get us through the storms of life. You preserve life. Uh, and dear God, we want that in Ukraine. We want that through uh, Iran. Really got a heart for Iran. Always have. But not always, since we had an Iranian family in the church some 20 years ago. And they explained how, the father explained to us how he escaped Iran after the, uh, anyway, they had that revolution, 79. And uh, they escaped through over countries and borders and, and uh, ended up in Australia and ended up working and able to buy a house for his family. And, and they were in our church. It was an incredible story. And, um, and then I met an Iranian man, that's right, in an elevator at a conference. And uh, I said, Jules, these people are so beautiful. And then I read there's 40 million Iranian youth that don't want that hardline uh, religious persuasion. Uh, they don't want to rule by that. And of course, we know the world events of the, the uh, police, uh, the, what is it, the, um, what do we call those? Moral, Moral police, yeah, arrested that girl and, and she died in, in their, um, yeah. And, and so that, that was it. Uh, people said enough's enough. So. They're actually protesting in the streets. Uh, they're protesting for freedom, freedom of expression. And Father, our heart goes out to... And guess what? In Iran, the church is just going so well, underground church. They're worshipping and they're gathering in small uh, huddles in houses. And they are doing exceptionally well. Apparently, I'm told, it's the fastest growing church in the world, the Iranian in. And, and that is the most, where persecution abounds, where, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And um, so, yeah, Iran, come on. Let's see those 40 million plus people saved. And um, so our, our heart goes out to other nations. And, uh, and I, I recommend that when you feel hardly done by, let your heart go out to other people and other nations that are experiencing so much turmoil, and you will be so glad that, um, that you're in Australia and you're able to, because the Bible says we're a steward of that which we have. We've been privileged with safety, we've been privileged with resources, we've been privileged with, you know, health, and, and for what? For, to be a blessing, blessed to be a blessing, Genesis 12. You know, it all comes from Abraham. You will be blessed to be a blessing. Who feels blessed this morning? Amen. I feel tremendously blessed. And I, I just every day, Julie and I, it must be the age we're getting at and how we go, wow, we are blessed, haven't we? We started off with nothing in, in 85. We, you know, bought a couple of rings, $200, got married. And, uh, you know, and, and so it's been a, just a great story. Of, of God recovering two lives uh, and, and then putting them together for his godly use. And, and here we are. We are just actually laughing about it in bed last night. We uh, were trying to go to bed at a decent hour because we knew the daylight saving was kicking in. But we're just laughing how... And Julie reminded me how I, I was um, dragging my feet coming to church. Uh, you know, the whole church deal was... I was on an afternoon shift, and Sunday morning I was so tired. And uh, Julie just just gave up. She just would get in the car in my Dodge Phoenix, 1966, 
318 motor, V8 motor. She's like, just, just, we're just laughing at the thought of Julie just driving to, from Hoxton Park, I think it was, to Liverpool. To drive. So we'll blow you, Jack, she ended up saying, I'm going to church, this is my life now. And uh, it took me about three, four months to, to, to get into the groove and finally, boom, I was in. And um, thank you, Jesus, amen. And, and, the, and the bass player uh, was, it was a Negro guy, just before you sit down. And, and uh, yeah, you can take a seat. Uh, the, the Negro bass player, the Negro bass player introduced himself. He was about 15 years older than us. And he was enticing Julie to come into the worship team. And um, now, but Julie was laying all the show business stuff down, you know. She stopped wearing makeup. And uh, she went from uptown girl to... Uh, Mullumbimby girl wearing just, you know, <laughs> no makeup, just, <laughs> and the pastor's going, but you can see we need a worship leader, can you help us? Oh, I'm not sure if that's what the Lord wants me to do, you know, it was all this stuff. <laughs> now, I used to be on stage, you understand, I know, you, you can sing, and, uh, and so it took a while, but they got her up there, and the bass player was incredible, uh, uh, bass player, and uh, he explained that, I said, how did you get saved? Well, I was running drugs from America to Hawaii, and uh, I got caught after a time, and uh, I encountered God in the, in the jail cell. Well, wow! And, uh, and he said, yeah, I'm, a- I'm actually on that song, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard it, we hadn't heard it at that time, Oh Happy Day, Oh Happy Day. He was, on, he was in the band and the original song of Oh Happy Day and backed up Credence Clearwater. Oh, wow, church is a funny place. Man. People just meeting these interesting people. And um, but Julie and I were laughing. And, and uh, I remember my first crisis of faith in, in Liverpool Park. They got Julie to do an outreach and the band was out there. I had little Julie in the pram. And I was holding on to that pram for the life of me, man. Because uh, everyone was lifting their hands in public. And I'd go, lifting your hands? No way, I'm going to do that. And I remember hanging on to that pram. I've got to hang on to this pram, man. I've got to do the dad thing. Yeah, look, God, you've you got to understand. This child needs a little bit of a rock here. And, and uh, I remember going, just this crisis of faith. And eventually my hand went up. And I went, blow it. Oh, man. If anyone sees me. My old mates, you know, from the 70s, I don't care. And, uh, and then, then two hands went up. And, uh, and I went, yeah, okay, let's do this. This is good. I mean, and uh, so my hands always go up now forevermore. So, and I don't care what anyone says, fear of man came off me long time ago, folks. Amen. Amen. Now, who's um, on Facebook? There is a, a Central Coast, um, Central Coast, um, what is it, regional prayer network, and we do a prayer, and I put a prayer up last week, and you'll do well to hear what each pastor, there's about eight, nine pastors that have every week a prayer assignment, we say something over the central coast, and it only goes for three, four, five minutes, and uh, just agree with that with us, and and help us uh, get that out, because they're good prayers, and in fact, I'm going to say it, blow it. We're just going to change it up a little bit here. Uh, one of my good friends, um, Jake Betlam, C3, uh, down the end of the M1 there, um, he, he, he said this, and he's not a radical guy, but I thought this was quite radical, what he wrote. And I said, I've got to quote that. That is so, so good. And he talked about the sacred gathering. Uh, and I... And I contacted him. I said, do you mind if I quote that? Uh, Because that's a powerful statement that you have made. So this is from uh, Jake Betlam. Salute you, sir, down there doing church. Reclaiming the sacredness of the gathering, he says. A church gathered, large or small, is the church. The gathered church locates the kingdom of God within a community. It's a visible witness to Jesus and his kingdom. The world can't see God, but they can see the church that can reveal God in their gatherings. You love that? Amen. Give some sound up for Jesus. 
I haven't finished yet, but never underestimate the importance of just turning up to church. We've been turning up to church since 85, 1985. And we're not going anywhere. We're going to turn up to church when we're in our 90s. Because it's just the thing to do. It's, it's just one of those patterns of, of uh, you know, the principled life to do. Never, never underestimate the importance of turning up to church. You are not just occupying a seat, but making a vote for the kingdom of God, building spiritual momentum, and revealing Christ to the lost. Don't just consider how you will benefit, but the benefit you bring to the gathering with a smile, a word of encouragement, a prayer, an act of kindness. All this contributes to God's purpose of bringing and building His kingdom to earth. And most importantly, it honors the sacrifice of Jesus. A growing church is a threat to the enemy. The enemy wants to shut the church gathered down. Oppressive regimes throughout history have always attempted to shut the gathered church down. They rightly perceive it as a threat that will undermine their political ideologies. And it should. Remember, we are not just national citizens, but foremost citizens of heaven and called to uphold the values of the kingdom and build biblical culture. Let's gather like never before. Let's not forsake the gathering of the saints. Let's resolve to gather every week in the worship of our King. These are the days the church needs to arise, and it starts by turning up. I pray wherever you are, be at church this Sunday, it's time to reclaim the sacredness of the gathering. In Jesus' name, amen. I tell you what, we're under threat. We got to hear the voice of God. That's my message this morning. And I love that message, the giving message that Dave gave this morning. And he didn't confer with me what I was speaking about. But I will say this. We got to hear the voice of the Lord. It's easy to get, you know, bumped off track, bumped off the rails, bumped out of the, the slipstream of knowing God, hearing God and being able to perceive what God's doing in your life and through your life. Is that right? And every day there's so many distractions. We've, Julie and I find it even very hard to watch TV almost because it's just dragging us somewhere else. And we do find stuff to watch that can just... Doubt and Abby. We watch Doubt and Abby, the movie, you know. It just, and, uh, but we tried to watch something else. Ah, that, that, it's dragging us out. It's like, a, it's like you're swimming and you're getting dragged out by, a, by a, uh, a rip, you know, and you look back and go, oh my God, how did I get out here? And, um, and you, I think it's these days that we need to hear the Word of God. And I started to think about um, Moses, Moshi, amen, <laughs> and uh, after three days preparing, and I'll just give you this little snippet of, of, of how Moses heard God uh, through the, the thunder and lightning and through the noise, as David was saying, after three days of preparing for this event to occur on Mount Sinai, Moshi gathered the people together at the foot of the mountain, the, the the summit became engulfed in a furious storm of lightning, clouds, and thunder. The whole mountain trembled violently. Moshi began to speak to God. The blare of the shofar grew louder and louder. As Moshi spoke, God answered him. Before proceeding, um, let's, yeah, 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 yeah. So the point is that as everyone was hearing this noise, um, Moses, because he's prophetic, he was able to hear through the noise and interpret the Ten Commandments and bring those. And everyone go, what? You heard God? It was just so loud and crazy. And the Lord thundered from heaven, it says, uh, Psalm 18, verse 14. His gift of prophecy, if you will, was the ability to hear the voice of God within the sound that everyone else heard as thunder and translate that voice into words, more specifically into the Ten Commandments. Amen. And I believe that's what we've got to do. 
in these days through the noise, through the noise of news, adverse events, is to hear God in every day uh, because we just need, I believe we need orientation every day. Uh, every morning I've got to re- reorientate myself through a devotion. I, I'm hoping you're doing that. You get up in the morning, you're nobody's business, you've had a crazy dream, you, you're not, you don't know if you're Arthur or Martha, and, 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 but I, I believe five minutes devotion in the morning, it's like breakfast, it just invigorates you to know who you are in God. And it aligns you, you go, yeah, I am an overcomer. I am a born-again believer. God is concerned for my welfare. The day is going to go well. Lead me on, good Lord. The Lord is good. You know, he leads me in paths everlasting, my God. You know, you've got to get that in the morning before you start gabbling and talking. And Julie and I have a little pack. We don't try and do too much business talk first thing. We let ourselves compose ourselves, and, and then when we've done that, then we can deal with all the logistics of the day. And, and oh, please, you're going to kill your marriage if you go at each other first thing in the morning. morning and uh, that reminds you, you've got to paint the house today. <laughs> you know, wow, well, hang on. Just having my brekkie, you know, uh, wow. <laughs> you know, there's a time and place to discuss stuff. So I hope you're enjoying this week's uh, goodness. Did, did feel people feel blessed this, this week? And, and uh, have you heard God's voice? That's what I want to ask you. Are, are you feeling encouraged? I want to bring this to pass. I've not really done this before. And I will, I've gleaned from prophetically what the Hebrew calendar is suggesting to us. Who wants to hear prophetically what God is saying a lot of the prophetic ministries and, and, and mature believers are gleaning from the Hebrew calendar. Do you mind if I do that? And I think there is a lot of good stuff in there that we can glean. And so it's not going to be too long, but I think it will help you get some narrative how to wring the juice out of this month, the Tish, Tishri month, Tishrei it's called, the month of Tishrei, which is God's most favorite month, apparently. I'm, I'm just re-quoting a lot of stuff that I've gleaned for years, but uh, just of late. And I'll, I will help you. I will help you because it's, it's the new year. And we celebrated that with uh, Rosh Hashanah last Sunday. It began last Sunday evening, Julie's birthday. We went to Terrigal and had a beautiful meal. It was lovely, wasn't it, darling? Overlooking the beach. And uh, then the Lord Ashley Bar, we went up there and, and enjoyed ourselves there. Watched the sunset, as my daughter said was a good idea. Thank you, Jesse. If you need marriage counseling or if you need help to be romantic to your wife, please see Jesse. And she says, and it'd be a good idea, Dad, to take her to the Lord as she can watch the sunset. Be a good idea. That's good. I'll take, take you up on that. So we're talking about the Hebrew calendar and the appointed times. It's still speaking to us profoundly. I'm talking about God speaking to us, as Dave said, through the giving message. We need to hear what God is saying to us. We need wisdom. We need understanding. We need direction in these days like never before. Uh, you know the tribe of Issachar. Um, they understood the times that they were living in, and they understood how to act and what to do. It was a tribe that were intuitively wired to hear God, and that tribe was able to, in turn, show the rest of the tribes what to do and, and when to go. So we're talking about the Lord's calendar, and we're talking about getting into the rhythm of God's grace and favor in this time. I think we need every tool available to get into the into the lane of God's rhythm of grace, amen? We need to hear God and we need to pull into the lane deliberately every day to be able to effectively and efficiently walk out our days in God. And I think and and I really do believe that that can be done prophetically by using these times and seasons in the Hebrew calendar. 
Um, they say this month is Tishrei, T-I-S-H-R-E-A, can prophetically give us opportunity to develop our perspective and expectation for new beginnings. So this is pregnant this month with new beginnings. So I'm talking about the new month, the first month of the new year, but actual fact, it's the seventh month. We won't get into that. I'll explain that a little bit later. So we're talking about new beginnings, and this is what I think we all need to do. We all need to wake up every morning with the understanding that His mercies are new every morning. Amen? That you're waking up into this new dispensation of grace to go again, to have a go, mate, you know, and, and to do what you, you, you know that you want to do by the desires of your heart, the dreams in your heart that you know you should be doing by the obligation of your faith unto God. You want to do it. Every day is another day to begin again, to have new beginnings. Amen? Not to live the, dry, the dreary life of, oh, here I go again. That's boring. You shouldn't live life like that. Every day you wake up, you should feel as though you can do a, a, an improvement, make, some, you know, make an improvement somewhere in your life and go again. That is what God is giving us every day. So as I said, last Sunday we celebrated the Jewish New Year. They call it the time of Rosh Hashanah. The number, the year that we're in now is 5783. 80 means pay, 80 means the voice, it means confessing, declaring, praying. That's why that adverse event of COVID, it shut out, did you notice, in the decade of pay in the 80s? So we're talking about the decade of the 80s. It's 5783, but three years ago, we rolled into the 80s. And three years ago, what happened to the whole planet? They shut us down with a mask over our face. And we couldn't come to church to worship God even. We had to wear a mask. We couldn't talk to our friends. We couldn't be that personal with each other. And, and it was like the enemy saying, I'll show you. You think it's the month of pay, P-E-Y, and, and it's the month that you start declaring and proclaiming and witnessing to your friends and turning up to the prayer meetings. I'll show you. We're going to put a mask over your face. Try that. And it put a lot of people off, didn't it? Yeah. It put a lot of people off. Well, you know, God had other plans. And uh, he lifted that thing off us and praise God. We're, so we're in the Jewish calendar. Yom Kippur is another event. So this month is pregnant. I'll just explain it to you. The most Jewish month is this month, God's favorite month called Tishrei, T-I-S-H-R-E-A. Why? It's the first month of the new year and it celebrates Rosh Hashanah. We just did that for two days last week. Yom Kippur is coming up and Sukkot is another part of this festival season in this same month, but all of which take place in this month, as I said. So again, Rosh Hashanah is the first day of Tishrei month. It's the head of the year. I've got to explain some of this stuff the best I can. Uh, just quickly, in the same way that the head directs the actions of the body, the first day of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, is the head of the year spiritually. It is the anniversary of the day that God created man. I heard one explanation. It was like the crown. It was like, it was like the head, the baby's head, crowning, coming out, and it's that head uh, of the year anyway. Uh, the kippah, Yom Kippur, which is coming up, is the heart of the year. So we've got the head of the year, the mind of God in, in um, creating, you know, the earth and uh, all, all, all his brilliance of how he's, you know, the, the, I said the lady was examining my eyes and a uh, very dutiful young girl examining all the, you know, the health of my eyes. And, and she had a little chart there and, and, I, and I said to her, so you've, you've studied the eyes, I guess, at uni and in a medical fashion. She said, yes, absolutely. I said, and I guess you know that God created the eyes. And she said, yes, I do. My name's Judith, in fact. I'm named after Judith in the Bible. I'm a Christian. I said, oh, good on you. That's great. Praise God. So she was quite chuffed that she was named after a biblical character. But um, 
Yom Kippur is another part of this month. Yom Kippur is the heart of the year. It's the day of forgiveness and reconciliation. We pray for that, which we can fearlessly enter the forest within us to explore the deepest parts of our lives, the areas that are too shadowy for us to see or even want to see. When we examine ourselves honestly, inadvertently, we find that we have at times blocked out our ability to see more than life's superficial side. So this is, uh, I think we're actually in right now, days of awe, where they circumspectly, the Jews circumspectly, look at their lives, what they've done, and where they're going, and they're, they're looking at their lives, they're going, is this good, Lord? What I'm doing with my finances, with what I'm doing in my prayer life, what I'm doing with my, my, my coming under the house, serving the house, and, uh, is, and, and for 10 days, they call it the 10 days of all, and that's where we're in right now, and it will come up to Yom, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. Sukkot, which is another part, it happens three or four days after that, uh, it's uh, celebrating our newly won closeness to God by moving into sukkah, S-U-K-K-A-H, meaning a shack-like structure with no permanent roof. The, the fallen tent of David, as you said. No walls, no hard walls. And I uh, was saying to Jules, that was, that was true. For 33 years, there was perpetual worship around the, uh, the ark. It was just a tabernacle. It was just a, you know, a roof. No walls, in fact. And there was just this uh, worship team rostered on, constantly going around and around. But people would come people would come to this phenomenon and they would want to try and get a glimpse through the people walking, the procession of people walking, and see the Shekinah, blue flame glory of the Shekinah glory. And they would go, oh, I just saw it. You know, it was like this blue flame glory over the Ark of the Covenant. And and Bible says, as Julie said last week, the rebuilding of David's fallen tent is a prophecy for the last days. So, we got this month. It's pregnant with all sorts of uh, great occurrences of times and seasons. Each one has a meaningful custom, ritual, some are serious. Uh, awesome days are set aside for reflection, soul-searching. Some are joyous, days of happy. These Jews, why should they have all the, the, the celebration and we'd be boring? Amen. They're partying right now. They're celebrating. They're really, you know, they're really wringing the juice out of, out of this month, and I thought, my God. Um, but all these days throughout the month of Tishri are opportunities to connect, to be inspired, and to become more fulfilled and in tune with the truer selves. Tishrei is considered the head of the year and the reservoir from which we draw our strength and inspiration throughout the, the year. So yeah, as I said through the prayer, our original prayer video, uh, it's time to awaken and have a fresh impartation from the Lord, which I believe this opportunity affords us. And I said in the video, let's prepare uh, to receive more of God's peace, more prosperity, more purpose, and more inheritance in Him. And, and apparently, all right, this month, is an amazing month. Apparently, it celebrates the first and second Adam, the first Adam in the garden, and the second Adam. Who's the second Adam? Jesus. And it, cele and, and it celebrates creation. So let me just rattle some of these off. This month is loaded with great stuff. Uh, remember God saw everything he made and said it was good. Do you remember that? It's a month where we celebrate and he delights over us, apparently. There are so many different aspects to this month. It's phenomenal. But it's the, they're celebrating basically the birth of creation. Also, Adam prepares Isaac for a sacrifice, God's provision of the ram, meaning, meaning how God cares for us. That, that, that incident happened in this month. Uh, what else happened in this month? Solomon's temple is finished in this month. The dedication and the celebration of the temple in this season. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant at that time was brought into the temple by Solomon. And that is celebrating his presence. Maybe that's why we sang that song. What was that song called again? That second song we did? 
Come, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. We're singing that because of Tishrei, the month. It's a celebration of his presence. And the tribe associated in the month of Ephraim is, is in this month, is Ephraim, Manasseh, sons of, they're the two sons of Joseph. Joseph was declared a fruitful vine. The Hebrew month of Tishrei um, talks about us, and they're celebrating this, experiencing divine recovery with the tribe of Ephraim. And that's a whole message altogether. Ephraim, because what was spoken over uh, Joseph and what was spoken over Ephraim uh, and Manasseh, they're celebrating that prophecy. And I might even quote it. Um, Jacob's blessing, Joseph is a fruitful vine. Genesis 49, verse 22. And then Moses' blessing, may the Lord bless Joseph's land with the best gifts of the earth and its fullness. So they're harking back and they're saying, that prophecy we, we want for us. The prophecy that was on Ephraim and Manasseh, we want for us. We want, may the Lord bless Joseph's land, may the Lord bless this land, your land, the land of your salvation, with the best gifts of God and the fullness therein. Deuteronomy 33, 13, 17. Do you remember that um, Steve Penny prophesied over us uh, Steve, Pastor Steve Penny prophesied over us and our, that prophecy. And he quoted that. He quoted the prophecy from Jacob's prophecy. We might even put it up. Genesis uh, 49, 22. Can we do that? When Jacob directed a prophecy toward each of his sons, he gave Joseph one of his longest prophecies mentioned in Genesis 49.22, I might read it from here because I think I have another version. Joseph is a fruitful vine. This is, what Steve, this is what Steve Penny said over us, over you, over this church. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring. Amen. We love to worship. That's the, where the spring is. Whose branches climb over the wall. This is about influence going, stop. This is about influence going over the wall into other nations. Garth and Jamie into Nairobi. They're now wanting to, they're up in Newcastle at the moment, but they're wanting to go to Dubai, a fruitful vine going over the wall. Meaning, if you look at the, um, the, um, if you look at the family line of Joseph, man, there's a lot of good family members that did a whole bunch of good stuff for God's kingdom. With, so the prophecy came to pass. With bitterness, ah, here's the attack. Anyone felt the attack on your calling? And when God said, you're going to be blessed, you're going to be a great, wow. And then with bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. And we know that through Joseph's story. But his bow remained steady. His prayer remained steady. His giving remained steady. His church attendance remained steady. His Bible reading, his devotion, his, his desire to please God remained steady. His strong arms stayed limber. Amen. Because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, the hand of God upon us, upon you and I. Because we felt, what does that mean? We felt the anointing. We felt the providence of God. I felt he was there with me, for me. I do feel him constantly around me. Uh, you know, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Amen. Because of your father's God who helps you because of the almighty. Well, who blesses you with blessings of the sky above. This is what we want. This is what the Jews... This is what the prophetic interpretation is. We want this blessing. We want what the Jews are celebrating because we are part of the root. We're part of the branches of the Hebrew nation. Amen? We're all part, parcel, by the way. That's what Romans says. Blessings of the deep springs below. Yes, we want that river of God to flow. Blessings of the breast and womb, the nurture, the love, the care. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains. Woo! Then the bounty of the age-old hills. Woo! Let's all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. So they're celebrating, they're celebrating this powerful prophetic word. What is the significance of the prophecy? One of the great significance that emerges from the prophecy is that of Joseph's fruitfulness, uh, 
faithfulness and fruitfulness, faithfulness and fruitfulness, and that's what they're celebrating also, amen? Joseph is compared to a fruitful vine. Genesis 41, 52 says, God prospered him in the land of affliction. Who needs that? Who feels like they're being a bit inflicted, as David said, interest rates, uh, you know, all this calamity and being inflicted? We are. Let's be honest. Psychologically, we are being inflicted upon. Come on, let's be real. And, 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 and if we know that, you need to claim this prophecy. God pros- prospered him in the land of his infliction. Wow. Joseph's fruitfulness was ultimately manifested through Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. So we are being encouraged to find the times to enter in as we develop our expectation for supernatural recovery, which we saw through Joseph's life. All right, God is able to make you fruitful in the midst of your afflictions. Who's believing for that? Unless a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone, but if it dies, it brings much fruit. That's the economy of God. Even though you suffer loss and infliction, that which dies and perishes, something being, you know, something being laid to waste, it's going to, resurrection is another part of this, this month. It signifies God's command to be fruitful, as it says in Genesis 1, 128, be fruitful and increase in number. So prophetically, they're saying, Lord, help us be fruitful this year. Help us be fruitful. I planted 30 trees on our property again. And the trees that Frank picked up, the Fatinias, from out at Mangrove Mountain, sorry, John, but uh, uh, he works out there, they came back ravished by the storm. I, I didn't get a hailstorm, but out at Mangrove Mountain, I don't know, it was Wednesday night, John, or some there, uh, they lost 20% of their stock. They have acres and acres of plants. And we had already paid for, for these beautiful petunias, but there was branches stripped. And, um, but we didn't care. We got them here, 30, 30 of them, because I'm desperately trying to replace the ones that have... Um, whoa, I need to help here, Jules. Something's happened here. I'm desperately trying to fill in the gaps of our petunias on the fence line. And for me, I like doing it because... I like to secure the parameters. I like to secure the borders, amen? And the Fatinia's, the red, the blood of Christ. Fatinia's right round. Who's, who's enjoying seeing our... They're growing up, but there was ones, unfortunately, through the flood, and unfortunately, you know, they don't like to be waterlogged. We lost a whole bunch of them. And I planted 30 trees in one day. I just loved it. Apparently, it's good to plant. If you need to plant a tree, come see us. Apparently, psychologists and counselors say it's good to get your hands dirty with dirt and plant a tree. <laughs> is, is, that a, is that a laugh of mockery or is that a laugh of, yes, yes. Just blossom. Yeah. Awesome. So I feel better for it. And, but even despite, even despite that, we still planted, this is the month to plant. God is always trying to bless us, expand us. This is a month, they're saying, that we can expect to step into abundance. Who's believing that? Lift your hand up right now. Lord, help us step into abundance. The Lord is always looking for us, looking and, and, and stretching towards us to give us more and expand us. They're saying the month of Tishrei is to begin again and to be released. It's the beginning, they say it's the beginning of the farming agricultural season to be released into the ground. We release those dreams and those desires of our hearts, our plans for the new year. We release them into the ground of your love, Lord God. It's the beginning of farming. I said that to be released into the ground, to be released from debt, the year of Jubilee. Who wants to be released from debt? This month is pregnant with the Jubilee. 
the Jubilee promise that debts will be canceled. It's a celebration of God's covenant coming back to the Father, returning to the source. It's a celebration of God's covenant for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believeth unto him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's look at Luke 15, 17. It says, when he came to his senses, it's the month to come to your senses. And he said, this is the prodigal son story. And um, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. We should not be starving to death, church. We should be amply supplied. We should be refreshed and revived. Amen? We should not be starving. He comes to his senses and goes, what am I doing out here? I need to partake of this month of Tishrei. I need to partake of what it means prophetically. And I need to return to the source of my life. There's a sense of returning, they say. A fresh beginning. So much symbolized in this month. What else can I say? Oh, it's the month where the woman pressed through the crowd and gained virtue. The story takes place within a larger story. And Jesus on his way to the synagogue leader's house to heal a dying daughter with an un, when an unnamed woman causes an interruption to his progress. And you know the story, Mark 5.25 says, And Jesus went with him, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Immediately, she felt that. Who wants that sort of healing? Amen. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around into the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you. His disciples answered, and yet you ask who touched you? But Jesus Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. 33, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and with trembling and with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from suffering. That happened in this month. And what does that tell me? We got to keep pushing through the crowd, pushing through the noise and coming to the hem of Jesus and keep worshiping him at the altar of God. Amen? Keep pushing through. They're celebrating that. They're celebrating that. Amen? Our heart for you is, from this church, is to, to be empowered in this month so that you can walk out your days by faith and, in fact, in this entire new year. So I'm praying for that. They're saying this month is an opportunity and a gateway. I'm, I'm getting your expectation up. I'm trying to bring you out of the, the regular routine of Kronos time and bring you into a Kairos time. Kairos meaning divine opportune time. I heard another prophet say, don't miss out on the moments. Don't miss out on church especially. Oh my God. I believe there will come a day when we will be waiting in the car park for the guys to open up. There'll be people in the car park at 8 o'clock going, what are you doing so early? I, I just have to get to church. I just, I just need to be in church. They need to get into church to feel the, the, the sanctification of their life, to, for their mind to be stilled, for their heart to be rekindled in faith. People will desire to come to church like never before. Who can see that and believe that? It won't be dry routine. It won't be if I've got time. Or can I, Matt? No, they will want to come to church. It's like the days of revival down at Brookvale Warehouse, C3 Church, where we were waiting at the, at the glass doors at, at 2.30, I think it was. Help me, guys. You were there. And we were waiting for them to open the doors. This is 1995. Full-blown revival was happening around the world. We're in a move of God. And the whole entire Hungry Hearts 
that was seeking God, pursuing God, were at this conference to hear Rodney Howard Brown because it was all stemming from his ministry. And we wanted to know what was all the fuss. And we soon found out the fuss was the guy was able to open up the, 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 the meeting in, in, in a most glorious way and, and allow God's presence to come so tangibly, so powerfully that people felt God, met God, got saved by God, got healed by God, and got called into ministry by God in that meeting, amen, like we did in that week of 95. Three protracted meetings in every day, five days a week. At the end of that, they called, we need catches. I put my hand up. And yours truly was one of the guys that helped catch about 2,000 people on that Friday afternoon. Bang! And there was a bang! There was a big guy like this. And, and they, can you help me with this one? There was three of us. You know, it was like, boom, we let that guy down. And then bang, bang. Into, and they were all filled, the whole auditorium. And in fact, we ended powerfully. God was moving powerfully. 95. It was like a catapult. It was like a springboard. It was a river, all right, in this month of Tishrei. This month is an opportunity and a gateway. I'm nearly done. A door into a new season. And it's a month where we can see what our entire year can look like. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you to buy into this Hebraic year. of This is the first month of a new year where God is suggesting a whole bunch of stuff to us. Jeremiah 29, verse 10, and I think this is a powerful scripture and it's most true right now. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed in Babylon, when 70 years, when those years of being oppressed through COVID and whatever else oppression you're in, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. What does that speak of? The covenant, they're celebrating the covenant. 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's what I'm trying to do now. I'm trying to give you a transfusion of hope and a future. Then you will call on me, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He's always listening. We just need to come to him. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will, this is, this is awesome, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you in exile. Why it says that God banished them, he let them. It means to say he let them be taken captive because they were disobedient. And he let them be carried into exile because they were disobedient. But God's love, God's love is amazing. So, Father, we treat this as a, as a, as a springboard for the new year. This is a season of choices. Just close your eyes just for a moment. Decisions to reset, to recalibrate, to focus in. Father, I pray that these feasts, these times and seasons this sense of the cycle of life to permit us to re-engage you that takes us into opportunities, kairos timing, divine opportune times to put us back on track. Lord, help us come back on track. Many of us have come off track, but God is always counting on, on us to be on track, on time, on point. So he provided us these times and seasons in his grace and mercy to come back to him. Lamentations 3.22, I speak this over your life. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies are new every day, every, every new year. Father, we pray that there would be a continual coming back on track to you every day that we find ourselves in. Lord, you want us to experience you. Let's just stand in this time and place. This is the month that you want us to experience you in a new tangible way. Many of us are faced with 
different challenges right now. But this is the month where he's giving us a window of opportunity to reset. January is not a reset month in the Hebraic calendar. Tishrei is the reset month. Reboot, refresh. It's time to get in step with him. New dreams, ideas. Let's see what God will breathe on in terms of your future. Lord, we don't want to go into this new year wearied and tired. Lord, help us refresh, reset, recalibrate a reforming time. Psalm 105, verse 8, who remembers his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations. Father, I thank you for these times and seasons for my benefit. Lord, I thank you that I'm compelled to arise and shine even despite what is happening around me. We lay our plans before you resurrecting those things that need resurrecting. Lord, this is the season the dove was released the third time in this month. The dove was released from the ark the third time and it didn't come back. It was a prophetic statement, suggestion of God earthing, of God's promise. And the ark settling on Mount Ararat. It speaks of returning family members, sons and daughters. Father, we pray that we find that supply line of grace and mercy and kindness in you. Lord, we pray a returning of family members, sons and daughters. This is, this is the month not to miss out on a moment. And this is the month to sow first fruits of your devotion to God, first fruits of vowing to God maybe, declaring to God, praying to God, your first fruits of even a financial blessing unto the Lord and say, Lord, let this be a new year for me. Father, help us enter in and move forward. I'm expecting to meet you in a new time, in a new season, in this new dispensation of grace. I need, I need a fresh persuasion of your grace on my life. Lord, let my heart be aligned to you. Let your will in heaven be aligned to my heart. And I pray this in Jesus' name. So Father, this morning we bear our hearts before you, along with the, our Hebrew brothers and sisters, those who are in Christ. And we celebrate the covenant. We celebrate the promises. We celebrate divine recovery. We celebrate, Lord God, the harvest season. Lord, all that we've planted, all that we've spoken, all that we've sown. Lord, we pray it would come to bear. A great harvest would follow. Father, help, help us supply all that we need for our assignment of life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Yeah, let's listen.